time for Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports Time is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Stats-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you on a Tuesday afternoon. Playoff baseball underway. The Rangers and the Rays uh, through two and a half innings. I believe we've got three more games after this one. One starting in about 30 minutes. We have Monday Night Football last night, so a lot going on. Uh, we're sitting in our Family Leisure Studios here in Memphis, Tennessee. But Brett, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great, Bryant. We finally got baseball going oh, yeah. a little after 2. It said 2 o'clock. First huh. pitch was at 2.08. Uh-huh. But that's again, how it goes. Yeah, that's how it goes. Boy, don't 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 set air traffic control by starting <laughs> times around yeah. sports. But we got it going finally. And there's Cardinals everywhere in these playoffs. Oh, except yeah. mm. the Cardinals aren't in these playoffs. Yep, that's, uh, huh. I mean, it's, it's This just, game's got a, I mean, just everywhere you look. Jordan uh, Montgomery. I mean, you look Garcia, at Garcia, uh-huh, Rosarena. Rosarena. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty, plenty to go around in this game. And, and really, when you go down the lineup of later games, there will be more. So, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's hard to watch these playoffs and, and not have the Cardinals in there, but I guess we're just going to have to get used to it. First time in a while. Boy, we have been spoiled. We really have, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the 21st century had, you know, just been a great cardinal century for fandom really since the Bill DeWitt group bought the team from the brewery mm-hmm. before the 96 season. It's, it's been, it's been a lot of success and, and now everybody's wondering, uh, you know, if it's going to go backwards tomorrow at 3.30, Matt Pauley from KMOX will join us to talk baseball and the, the apprehension, the, the edginess uh, among cardinal faithful. I, I, I used to joke after, that you know the Cardinals not in the playoffs, it, it, it saves me money and doesn't kill me trying to get up there and <laughs> right. during college football and this radio show and other things I, I need to be doing. But uh, no laughing matter anymore. I mean, it's, it's been a while before or since a playoff run. Really, twenty fourteen was the last I, I think series win yeah. in 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 the playoffs for the Cardinals, and thirteen was the last. World Series, and I know a lot of fans are going, listen how spoiled y'all sound. I I understand that, but, you know, got so used to it and don't have it. But I am still glad to have baseball going. Mm -hmm. I promise you, I woke up this morning, spring in the step with wild card play beginning this week, divisional series into the weekend. We'll boil it down to the LCS and then the, the fall classic, the World Series. Yeah, and so it's uh, it's kind of a sprint now for these teams as uh, these these series go by fast. I mean, best out of three and and three straight days if you can get to the third one. So it's going to go by fast, but it's going to be a, a lot of fun. I mean, this game already uh, starting off uh, really really entertaining with with Texas up one nothing over a Tampa Bay team that I mean, if we remember all the way back to the start of the season, seemed unbeatable, and uh, and now we'll see what they can do uh, in the playoffs. They're they're rotations a little banged up same thing with the Marlins that we'll see uh, a little bit later tonight their their top two pitchers uh, going to be out for the entire playoff so you're going to see some injuries for some of these teams and, and kind of see this this long run I mean you've played a regular season 162 games and and now you've made it to those playoffs how can these teams uh, with some of these injury concerns uh, push through these this uh, this next couple of weeks the afternoon will be the junior circuit will be the American League nighttime will be will be National League and you know, don't want to put undue pressure on a guy that's just done a phenomenal job on, on just shoestring budget. 
But it's getting close to time for Kevin Cash to cash mm-hmm. it in, pardon the pun, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's uh, it's starting to be that time. Because, I mean, we look at this team. I talked about uh, that start of the season and, and, you know, kind of that you look at that lineup top to bottom and really that rotation. Now, some injuries there, but you look at that, that lineup and it's it's hard to think that, all of those guys are, are going to have a rough postseason. So you would think this is the right time, but uh, the, the MLB playoffs have a, have a funny way of humbling teams. It gets really weird, doesn't it? And, sure and does. so often, it, even back in the day when it was just the winner of the National League, it's the winner of the American League, uh-huh. that juggernaut kind of April through uh, September team just finds a way to get a little bit tight in the postseason. Yep. That other team can play carefree. And now you've got to go through a bunch of layers of the postseason. But you mentioned how quickly this can go by. And, 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 and the simplicity and, and the easy math of this is the, the losers today, tomorrow's do or die. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, that quick turn. I mean, yeah. I mean, you you lose today, and now you've got your back against the wall tomorrow. And so, uh, for a lot of these teams, you wanna you wanna kind of strike first, especially you know, like Texas, who's coming in and really an up and down kind of end of the season for them. I mean, it seemed like. Uh, three weeks ago, we were talking about them losing, what, nine of the last ten or something like that, and just seeming like, are they even going to mm-hmm. make the postseason? And then they get hot again. We thought they were going to win that division. Kind of had it won. Had it won, and then, and then kind of lost it away. out of it. Yeah, and so now for a team like this, I mean, you don't want to lose this one and, and, and kind of be playing from behind. And, and so this is going to be huge for them. It looks like their bats are, are uh, up early for sure, and so we'll see if they can hold on to this uh, slight lead they've got right now. I think that was Jonah Heim trying to go first to third. He, he's, he's not noted as a speedster, and there's a good reason why. Oh man, he was he was lumbering around the bag. They've got they've got first and third or second and third with two outs, and Glassnow's been he, he's been dealing. But this will be yeah. a good fun game to to watch all the way through until we're finished today, and then the the all the games kind of. Going around <laughs> the, the same, same time. time. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. I've, I've I've lost my mind on that. I don't I don't need to to do it again. Last night in New York City, though, Geno Smith took a cheap shot and was playing was pretty effective before he got he, he got cheap shotted and, and injured. Daniel Jones is awful. Uh, I mean, it, it, yeah, he's not great, um, but, man, that offensive line for the Giants is not any good. It's bad. But um, last year was smoking mirrors, yeah. wasn't it, for oh, the Giants? I, I mean, it seemed like, and we talked about that. I mean, I think a lot of people coming into the season kind of felt high hopes because of what last season was for the Giants, but now you see this team, no Saquon out there, and, and it's just, oh, it's hard to watch that team. And, and the Seahawks, a team that, I think I heard John say this earlier, a team that's average came into this game averaging two sacks per game and they get active last night and finish with 11 sacks 10 on on Daniel Jones so um you know they were active last night that Seattle defense that coming in had a lot of question marks around it but uh they, they knew what they were uh what they were trying to do last night and they got it done for sure Pete Carroll kind of the Dick Clark of the National Football League 72 <laughs> he looks about about 32 and has aged so well and such a great coach. Great, great, great he was college getting fired coach. fired up on that sideline last night. He, he was, has that forever young spirit about him and just a, a, a everybody says just a great coach mm-hmm. to have worked for at any level. And, and, and again, we, we talked about it yesterday. They've got that west to east coast thing down. Oh, yeah. 
you know, so, so many people in, in the handicapping world and in analysis world, you want to talk about that. And it, it's just not much to it for them. No, no, there's not. And so I, I, I like watching that team. Obviously, uh, some kind of local ties here. Kenneth Walker mm-hmm. in the backfield, a DK Metcalf from, from Ole Miss, um, out at wide receiver. So you've got some kind of local ties. Um, but they I, both were really good last they, they night. Were, they were really good last night. And so I like watching this team. But, but one thing that, one guy that I was really watching last night, Devin Witherspoon, their, their first round pick from this draft who had the pick six last night. Um, but also just played really, really good. I was looking at some of his, uh, his numbers earlier this uh, this morning. He allowed three receptions on on four targets, but only gave up 19 yards before having that pick six, um, which was huge and and was the uh, the highest rated defensive player uh, according to PFF. So I mean, a big game for him. A guy that I think missed the first two weeks, I believe, of the season with an injury. So a guy that was kind of coming on late. And uh, but you know, I, I thought played a, a heck of a game last night. And the announcers just couldn't rave enough about him. It, 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 it was one of the dominant defensive performances yeah. th- this year. Yeah, and again, you know, I'll say it again. I mean, this Seahawks defense has not been very good this year, and I'll go back to some of those PFF numbers. Going into this week, their defense, their PFF grade for a game, the defense was 73.6, was the highest grade that they've had, which is not very good, out of 100. And last night, they were 90.6, so really dominant defensively. But I don't think anybody was really expecting that, and we talked yesterday about how it could be a little tough for both of these offenses to get going, but I don't think we were talking about uh, either one of these offenses struggling because of how good the defenses were. I think we were talking about both these offenses struggling just because of kind of who they had running out there in the offense, and so I was really surprised with with what uh, Seattle did last night defensively. And I don't want to be flip about it, flipping about it because he he was out on his feet. It looked like a a day's bo- boxer. Jamal Adams can't catch a break. Finally oh, back, but play nine plays, eight nine yeah, plays. I mean, it, I, I th- catches I, a knee right to the dome. I don't think I was even home before he was. I left here at about seven. I went and picked up dinner. I don't think I was even home before he was injured and and out. And he was out on his feet too. Yeah, I mean, stumbling yeah. around like oh, yeah. a, a, a a day's boxer, and then you know that. Yeah. that and now with the independent. Neuro people on the sideline. There's, I mean, there's just no yeah. way you're getting back in. They, 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 they can't afford the optics of it. it never, not never mind. It, it, disregarding the safety aspect of it, I can't come yeah. up with the right word. Never mind safety. Uh, now with the the attention on it, there's just no way he was going back in. Right. I mean, and so it shouldn't. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, the safety is is extremely important for these players, but I think it was uh, was it a year ago, uh, about a year ago from last night that he was injured last year, and so I think it was That's right. either this week or or last week um, of last year's season that he was uh, you know suffered a season ending uh, torn uh, torn quad, and so I mean, it really you're right. Just can't catch a break. I mean, a guy that was on top of the sport and, and really you know one of the best defensive backs, one of the best safeties in the game, and and now just really can't stay on the field, it seems. His dad was a big old bruise in running back at Kentucky. Really? I mean, if they that they flew it swung it out there to him in, in the flats on a screen, he was gonna punish people. And and, and was was a good inside runner too. But yeah. He he can't catch a break, but Seattle they, they get the win on Monday night football.
Yeah, and like I like I said, I thought it was a uh, I thought it was a fun game. My dad was complaining about the game. I thought it was such a fun game. The punts. I'll tell you what. Uh, we're gonna we, uh, Alan Bell joins us every single Friday, and he has gotten into punting props where you can bet on the amount of the, you could. the over under of of punts really? per game. And so last night, that was one of his plays for the game was like over. Seven and a half punts, and by the time I saw it and was able to get to my preferred sports book and, and log that that bet, it had already gone up to eight and a half. And so I was like, "Oh, do I want to take it at eight and a half or or, or what?" Take so it, take I, it. I took it at plus money at eight and a half. They finished with nine, so we got there. Another yeah. one, of, another one of Allen's plays was uh, turnover props, uh, total turnover, so over two and a half turnovers. Well, Seattle's defense got there by themselves, so I think th- uh, three turnovers last night, so got over the two and a half. Allen is prop king. Oh, he's unbelievable. And so I'm telling you, like, these games that might not be fun to watch, I mean, when you have punting props and turnover props and you're just loving every single time a punter runs out there, oh, these these games become ten times more enjoyable. Brian, what you just described is what 25 years ago made the Super Bowl and a lot of Super Bowl parties was the, the prop bets. Oh, yeah. Now you have it. You don't have to wait to the Super Bowl to get all this. Because right. you know, they had such a tough handle on it. But those guys have it down. Now, I'm by no means saying I was first. But I started on it a few years ago in college football. And I have not, I have not kept up with it. So I don't, I don't know that it exactly pays off. But if you're punting, you're losing. I mean, simply, duh. But and even in these wild games that, it might just be three punts to two punts. I bet you that two punting team wins. Yeah, no, no, I, I bet you're absolutely right, and and that's that's and uh, you you know it when it's eight uh-huh. to four. Oh yeah, that, uh, that other team did have a prayer. Oh, absolutely. So uh, no, I, I I had a lot of fun following along with Allen's uh, punting props and, and turnover props. I, I think in college football, if you're if you're punting or kicking field goals, you're falling behind. Yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right, and especially kind of the way the game is played now. Um, it's and that's not so a big different. epiphany moment, right, but right. It, it it really stands out now. No, you're you're absolutely right. But uh, a very fun night, I thought last night, and now with all of these baseball games, it's going to be a fun afternoon. But let me set up today's show before we get to top and not top story of the day. Three thirty, usually a guest on Thursdays. Greg Gaston is going to join us in place of Dave Woloshin, who is uh, out of town on vacation. This week, that kind of week, it's Force Fifty Six. It is. It? it is that type of week. We've got a lot of a lot of off weeks for for different just teams. Turn it on. No, no telling uh-huh. who you might hear yeah. and where. Just That's turn right. it on here and leave it here. That's right. So uh, so there were thank uh, thank you to Greg for for stepping in and uh, joining us on Tuesday instead of Thursday. So we'll talk uh, a lot of Tigers with Greg Gaston in our next segment. Three forty five. We'll talk about the uh, MLB playoffs. At that point, we'll have two games going. Right now, we only have one. That second game uh, about to get started. Started here in a couple of minutes. Four o'clock, Brent Beard from First Coast News in Jacksonville will join us. We'll talk college football with him at 4.30. Uh, we'll get to what we are certain of after another week in college football and the NFL. What are we absolutely certain of in both the NFL and college football? We'll get to that at 4.30. 4.45, big number of the day. 5 o'clock, Bo Marchant will join us to talk the NFL. 5.30, we'll get to what's trending. And at 5.45, we'll wrap up today's show like we always do 
with Taco Bell Crunch Time. But let me remind you, we're sitting in our Family Leisure Studios where family and fun come together. The world's biggest spa sale. It's back and bigger than ever. 50 different models to choose from. Five different manufacturers. Up to 30% off in-stock spas and swim spas. Free upgrades on all in-stock spas. And don't forget about the 24-month same-ass cash. It's still available, but only at Family Leisure. 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. He is Brian, I am Brett, Johnny Hill in with us, and we are glad, we want you to be a part of our show by calling or texting 901-360-8255. We are in our Family Leisure Studios, as Brian just told you, and this hour every day brought to you by Lexus of Memphis, the one and only Lexus dealership in town. They're at 2600 Ridgeway and online at LexusofMemphis.com. Great offers on all 2023 models and special leasing options always. The 2024s starting to arrive. Call them at 901-334-9673. Drive in luxury and confidence knowing that every new Lexus comes with complimentary first and second maintenance services. Stop by Lexus of Memphis at 2600 Ridgeway and put yourself in the driver's seat of the all-new 2023 flagship LS500. You'll be looking, you'll be driving in style. When you purchase a Lexus, you get top-of-the-line engineering and design, and they make for the luxury driving experience. Online at LexusofMemphis.com. Experience amazing. Experience amazing at Lexus of Memphis. Top story of the day. Well, my top story of the day is Monday Night Football last night wraps up the week of the NFL. I already talked about what the Seahawks did last night. It was really uh, defensive-led for, for the Seahawks last night. The offense didn't really do a ton. I, we talked earlier uh, kind of uh, about Geno Smith taking kind of a cheap shot and, and having to sit for a couple plays. Drew Locke came in, didn't really get much going. Uh, they ran for 121 yards, led by Kenneth Walker. And probably should have had more. There was that kind of questionable, did he go down, did he not go down? And I, I didn't see the elbow. I, I didn't think he was down, but they called him down and, and whatever. But he finishes with 79 yards, another uh, really productive game for Kenneth Walker, who's really turning into a, a, a stellar back in the NFL and kind of their go-to back in Seattle. But this was all defense all night for Seattle. 11 sacks, 10 tackles for a loss. PFF gave them a defensive grade of 90.6. And Devin Witherspoon gets his first pick six of his young NFL career. They only give up three points to the New York Giants that came in the second quarter. So Held them scoreless in the entire second half, and Daniel Jones couldn't get anything going. 203 yards, but two interceptions, only ran for 112 yards. And Daniel Jones led the team with 66 yards, and a lot of those runs were not just kind of get out of the pocket, nobody's open, no, I've it got was to designed. run. It, it was designed, but some of them where he was just running for his life, and he had to he yeah. had to get out of there. So, you know, it, it really wasn't a lot going for them. This New York Giants team now sitting at 1-3. and three, I've been really disappointed with what, they, what they've done. Now, look, I'm glad they're not any good. I mean, I'm a Cowboys guy, so... That's the hate I of mean, Giants. Look, I hate the Giants. And, and me too. Hope for our Cowboys. Hey, exactly. No, I, I forgot I mean, there hey, for a second. You get it. So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, I thought a really fun game last night. A lot of punting, a lot of turnovers, a lot of defense. Um, but I thought it was a, a good game on Monday Night Football. Do, do, do the Cowboys have a song like, like the Bears and like... Other teams? I, I, no, I, not that I know of. If they do, I, I don't know about it, which would be surprising to me. But they don't. Not well, that I well, know of. Since there are Cowboys, I was wondering if they had a, a, a song. My top story: <laughs> It's not the national pastime anymore. We know that we're a football country. We we certainly know that the numbers show it. NFL number one, college football number two, and everyone else uh, just sort it out best you can. 
But the best time of the year for us baseball fans is right now. Great season with record attendance, shorter games, more stolen bases, and the big old pizza boxes far, far the bases. Saturday night's Ole Miss LSU game drew almost four million viewers. Now a lot of the a lot of this aggregate number was, was the same people, but it was over thirty million viewers for the top five college football games last Saturday. Now, I'm sure that was a lot of the the same people. Let's say half was. You want to do that? Sure, I mean, go I, for it. I, I can't prove it right or wrong, right. but let's say it was half that was watching all of it. Well, that's fifteen million. Whew. I mean, that's hard to argue. Let's say it's a third. Right. Let's go crazy and say it's a third. Okay. That's, that's ten. <laughs> that's that, that, that wins anything except going up against the yep. shield. Uh, absolutely. And we've Unreal. talked we've talked about that week after week this year. I mean, it's it's crazy when you look at some of those college football numbers that are that are coming in this year. And I almost feel like in a public service announcement. And I want to remind you, college football played on the graveyard yep. day of broadcasting. Yep. And viewership. Yeah, they're playing on Saturday. Their, their their prime time games are on Saturday night. I mean, it's that's hard to to get a big crowd on. But Saturday five o'clock. Uh-huh. Good luck anybody ever watching anything at that time except for college football. Not top story of the day. Well, my not top story of the day. The MLB playoffs are underway. We've got one game going on right now between Texas and Tampa Bay. Another one starting here in a couple of minutes between the Blue Jays and the Twins. Later tonight, D-backs, Brewers, Marlins, and Philly. So it should be a really fun uh, day of games. Now, all of these games are on ESPN or ABC, some sort of of the ESPN family. But we had a text message uh, come in yesterday afternoon while we were talking about the playoffs. And and I didn't have an opportunity to bring it up, but I think it's a, a very fair point. We've talked a lot about with the NFL and with college football, these uh, CBS negotiating with, with different television companies and, and sorts of things. Right now, Xfinity and Fox uh, are at a dispute. And so if you have, I think it's X, oh, I think it's only Xfinity because I was at my buddy's house and he didn't have Fox. But if you have Xfinity right now, you don't have Fox. So here in a week, when we start getting Fox broadcasts of these games, there are going to be a right. lot of people who won't be able to watch these. And I hate that. I know it was kind of quickly resolved um, for uh, for college football in the NFL. Now, I will have to point out and say, CBS was fixed the, the first time the Cowboys were on CBS. I mean, I don't want to say it was sure the Cowboys was. that got it fixed, but I'm going to say it. But hopefully they can get this resolved soon. I don't know how, how much baseball will, will sway the Dodgers that dispute. Get it fixed? May, maybe, but I, we got that text message yesterday, and I didn't That's even think one. about yeah. it. And, and I remember trying to watch the Rangers and the Mariners Saturday night at my buddy's house, and I couldn't pull it up because he has Xfinity. But uh, without that problem i think it's going to be really fun to to see what happens with a lot of these teams in the postseason Brian, you know i like your friends you tell me about them uh-huh. we, we got to go over that that, that friend group from yeah, saturday it's, ran uh, late yeah wanted to leave early it was a rough day get to one's get to one's lodge and he doesn't have the right tv yeah, yeah i was i was i was pretty hot on saturday both both uh physically well, I, I don't and feel mad at me but, i mean you you, you got to get that friend group oh, yeah. in, in gear uh, i need to move into top, shape <laughs> My not top story, Major League Baseball payroll numbers by playoff teams. Are you ready? Number four overall, Texas. Five, Philadelphia. Six, the Dodgers. Seven, Houston. Nine, Toronto. Ten, Atlanta. What pain wow. for the buck they got. Sixteen, Minnesota. Nineteen, Milwaukee. Twenty-one, Arizona. Twenty-two, Marlins. Twenty-seven, Rays. Twenty-eight, Baltimore. 
Mets, Yankees, Padres, 1, 2, and 3, and all at home. Number 8, Angels, at home. All, and, and a lot of them are all looking, either are or will be looking for new managers. What the Rays do every year should force teams to be mm. more austere. Yeah, it should. It should, and we'll, I think it could become a, uh, a a trend for teams. But you talk about some of these managers that are out. I'm trying to keep a, a list. I think right now the openings we have are the Giants, Guardians, Mets, and Angels, right? Is that the The Angels the came right down now? last night. Mm-hmm. Phil, Phil Nevin out. Uh, uh, one of those three, a retirement, Terry right. Francona. Uh, tomorrow at 5, we're going to visit with Chris Gordy on a lot of different subjects, SEC and, of course, his work on the Astro, local Houston yep. radio on the Astros Network. If he won it all, wouldn't shock me if Dusty rode off in, I, into the sunset. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. One Almost bit. left last year. Yeah. I, I'm Look, I love Dusty. I hate the Astros. I do, too. So, uh, I mean. I, I don't. I, I do. I, 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 I got a little affinity for him. First major league game I ever went to was at the Dome between mm. the Pirates and the Astros. Well, summer of 1969. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a good reason. I've got to give it to you. And, and my disdain. 2-1 for game. Bo Belinsky, oh. winning pitcher for the Pirates. Oh, that's beautiful. But my disdain has nothing to do with the whole uh, trash can gate or what, whatever you want to call it. it. has nothing to do with them cheating. It just has, I mean, I see these these Astros fans going at it with the Mariner fans, and I just, oh, uh, I can't stand the Astros. And, and going at it now with Rangers fans oh, yeah. and, and, and Astros hey. media. I think I think a bad look. The whole act like you've been there, uh-huh. well, you can't if you haven't ever uh-huh. been that's there. A, that's a good point. I'm telling you, Brett. This top of the AL West, pretty toxic. I mean, between the Mariners, the Rangers, and the Astros, it gets dirty on social media. What is the deal with everything West? SEC West, toxic. <laughs> NBA Western Division, toxic. AL West, toxic. Well, I mean, uh, AFC West is AFC West. They hate I, each other. I mean, I. What's the deal with the West? All that good weather and everybody's angry. It's a, it's a good point, Brad. I, I don't know, but it, it's a good one. But I'll do it for top and not top story of the day. Let's go ahead and get to our first break of the day. When we come back, we'll talk Tigers with Greg Gaston. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. From the Tigers' sideline, it's Tigers Talk with Memphis broadcasting legend Greg Gaston. Hear Greg weekday mornings on Sports 56 Mornings along with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. On Twitter X at Greg underscore Gaston. Here's Greg with Bryant, Brett, and Jay Morgan. Greg Gaston joining us now to talk Tigers, usually with us on Thursday, but joining us on a Tuesday this week. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. I know we've got a lot to talk about with the Tigers. Got to talk about the football team, got to talk some basketball as they uh, kicked off practice last week. But before we get into any of that, what are your Phillies going to do this week? Well, putting me on the spot, guys. First of all, good (laughs) afternoon. You know the Phillies are winning. They're going to beat the Marlins. I think they're going to sweep the Marlins. They're going to play the Braves. They're going to shock the world and knock the Braves out. That's the way I Again, like last year. year. Just like last year. Absolutely. I'm tired of all the Braves fans opening up their mouths. They forgot what happened in last year. So here we go. Let's go fight. (laughs) 
love you it. got you got us Cardinal fans, man. We are muted, Greg. We 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 can, we can't chirp a a bit, Greg. I did all the research. I did all the research on it. Phillies all time sixty and sixty in the postseason, and have, of of the of these playoff team. Or, no, of, of all of baseball, they have faced fifteen different teams of the current thirty in baseball. They'd be twenty nine, excluding them. From around baseball, what a history the Phillies! They they haven't won it since two thousand and eight. But you've been in a you've been in a lot of World Series. You've had fun. Where were you in nineteen eighty when they closed it out? Nineteen eighty, I was in college, um, my first year at the University of Maryland, and uh, was pledging a fraternity. And um, Did you have on a funny, pledge pin. Funny story. Yeah, we had a pledge pin. Yeah, we we did. We got a pledge. Is that a pledge? Uniform. I they had actually, to do it, uh, Greg. They actually kidnapped us. Uh, they knew that me and my buddy were from South Jersey. We were huge Phillies fans. And so the brothers, we were pledges at that time, but we were living uh-huh. in the house, the big fraternity house. They, they kidnapped us, and they tied us up, and they took us out <laughs> to the Beltway, the Capitol Beltway. You're familiar with that. And they oh, tied yeah. us up on... Yeah, they tied us up uh, to some trees out there because they wanted us to miss the World Series. Well, you know, back then, man, we, we could have got killed. I mean, it's like... You don't think about that now, and this you wouldn't do things like that. But back then, man, hazing was in. So they tied us up these trees. They must have left my my buddy's um, tie a little bit loose because he got out of his, tie, untied me. We went down to the beltway. And again, Brett knows what I'm talking about with the beltway. Cars are zipping by, and somehow, somehow we flagged down a cab on the beltway. Wow. The cab brings us back to the fraternity house. He runs upstairs. I stay in the cab so he doesn't think we're trying to, to screw him over so we get paid. We come down. He, my buddy pays him. We're in the living room. The brothers look at us like, you've got to be kidding me. We were back for the third inning of the Phillies. I forget which game it was. <laughs> that's How about great. That oh, man. How about that story? Yeah, Greg, that's... They were not happy. <laughs> and, 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 Greg, then nobody – and now nobody drives drives less than 85 on that beltway. That's what, and, and back then, they were probably as well, too. I don't know how it was It was an act of God that uh, <laughs> he wanted to pay back our fraternity brothers that we were able to not only flag down a vehicle, it happened to be a cat. That's great. Well, Greg, you, you had your Phillies good times then, and you're having Tiger good times now. That was a win that I, I said last week, I wasn't trying to put undue pressure. It had to be won, and it was. Well, we, we both said it, and I think a lot of people thought that way as well, and it was a horrible start. And Unfortunately, the Tigers have been getting out to bad starts in most of their games, and that one at 17 nothing, Brett, there was a lot of nervous people around Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, and I called it on the, on the radio on our broadcast. I said to the guys who came back from a break, I said, the Tigers have to score on this possession because sometimes in games, you guys know this, there's a juncture in a game, maybe a couple junctures in a game, that you know that your team that's trailing better do something now or it's probably over, it's probably lights out. And when they were down 17 nothing, I said they have to put points on the board. And that drive, they were able to score the touchdown, subsequently get another touchdown, make it 17-14 at the half, and the rest is history. So horrible start, frustrating, I know, to Ryan Silverfield to get off to these poor starts. But you got to give this team a lot of credit. They bounced back and they came from behind to win. Games that they lost last year, they're winning this year. And Greg, with the new the new clock in college football, you, you may not get many touches in a half. The drive charts don't look like they used to across college football. No question, quicker quicker games, less possessions probably overall for your team. You have to take advantage of it when you have the ball, and you also can't give freebie possessions to your opponent. 
and the Tigers did a great job protecting the football. No turnovers by the Tigers. Greg, you, you mentioned the the slow starts, and we've kind of been seeing that all season long. What do you think kind of has been going into those slow starts? Do you think it's kind of the play calling? Do you think they're just kind of coming out lackadaisical? I know Rock Taylor kind of talked about them being lackadaisical in that game against Boise State, but but what do you think has gone into to these slow starts? Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking about that to somebody today, and it's not for a, a lack of a game plan. They certainly have a good game plan. They practice hard. They're ready to go. I don't think they're taking anybody lightly. They certainly weren't taking Boise lightly. They weren't taking Mizzou lightly. But lackadaisical, I think you have a good point about that. I think certainly at times they look a little lackadaisical, maybe a little bit more conservative offensively, try to feel out what the defense is doing early on when the Tigers had the football. I know the first few games, and you really got to put the Bethune-Cookman game aside, but teams showed a little bit different during the games than they actually showed on tape in prior games. So you have to adjust to that. But that's really an excuse. I think the Tigers need to get out to a quicker start. It was okay against Boise State. It will not be okay against Tulane. And if you recall, last year in New Orleans, the Tigers were getting clocked. I mean, they were getting trucked down to New Orleans in that first half and made a great comeback to make it interesting. Still fell in New Orleans against that really good Tulane team. Well, it's another good Tulane team, so you can ill afford to fall behind, so you need to find a way to get out to a better start, no matter what it takes. Yeah, I don't know if Tulane's better than last year, but they're really good. I know that, and a quick start will do wonders a week from Friday, on Friday night, October 13th. To this point, there are a lot of things that this team's already been able to prove to to doubters, to fans, to skeptics. They've got playmakers. This Memphis team's got ball players. Okay, is it the the peak level of of the Norvell year playmakers that we watch every Sunday? I don't know that. Probably not. But they've but but you, you can the eyeball test. Do, do, do they have enough to, to 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 win a ball game? They've got that. You have to give this coaching staff credit first of all for finding the players that they knew that they could sign. Remember, in an NIL world, Memphis doesn't have dineros falling out of their pockets, right? It's limited. They have enough to be certainly competitive in the group of five with most schools, not every school, but with most schools. But they had to, first of all, identify those players, go after those players, and be able to sign those players. This recruiting class, the combination of the guys in the portal that they were able to get and the young players that they brought in through the high school ranks and junior college ends up being what I think is a terrific class. And I think we'll only get better now. What you hope is that players that really start to blossom this year, that they stick around, they don't look to go elsewhere. That's always the issue, right, with NIL. But I think that they have done a great job in finding playmakers, replacing pretty much the entire receiving core from last year, going out and getting Blake Watson, what a running back he has become. Yeah. He could have went to a lot of different places They get in. It also helps that you had Hennigan back for another year. You didn't have to worry about losing him to the transfer portal. That was key. You didn't have to worry about your QB. You went after the receivers. You got another running back. They did really well defensively. The lines are deeper than they've been in a long time. So kudos to that coaching staff for being able to do what they did. 
Well, you talk about the receivers, and, and I think a great point about kind of a lot of new receivers coming in, and you look at the returnees, really Rock Taylor and, and Kobe Drake, who I've been extremely impressed with this season. He had uh, some big plays last week against Missouri, had a huge catch uh, this weekend against Boise State, I think on a third down that set up that big pass to Rock Taylor. How big have both of those guys been, Rock and Kobe Drake, uh, this year as kind of those stepping up as returnees in a group full of new faces? Well, let me start with, with Kobe Drake. Okay, let's let's be honest. This guy has the best hands I have seen yeah. in, in a receiver in quite some time. And this is a guy that I can guarantee you wasn't getting offers from Alabama and Ohio State, no. Michigan, coming out of high school. He has been terrific. He's returning punts. He's just an intelligent football player. He knows how to get open. He circled back for that big catch that you were alluding to that kept that drive alive. Uh, he has been absolutely terrific. Rock Taylor is a guy who actually comes in with credentials, big physical receiver who last year, he struggled. Quite frankly, the opposite of Drake. He had uh, hands of stone. He Roberto mm-hmm. Duran, this dropping thing. This year, he, he has maybe a drop or two, but he has become a go-to receiver for Seth Hennigan, a guy you can rely on. Two straight games of over 100 yards. I like his development. He has worked really, really hard to become the receiver that he is this season. And don't forget with Demir Blankemsey, who's a guy who at times I think gets a little frustrated with himself when he has a drop and yeah. kind of takes himself mentally out of the game. Uh, he came up big, a couple of catches over the middle, and, of course, that touchdown that gave the Tigers at that point a 28-17 lead. And that's another guy they were able to get through the transfer portal. Greg Gaston, our guest from the Tigers sideline. He's brought to you by the law offices of Stephen Leffler, Neil's Bar and Grill, Mount Moriah Auto Sales, and Chet Whitsitt, your cry-like realtor. I was talking about Major League Baseball payroll numbers earlier, and you got the Marlins in there, or you got Arizona in there at 21, and the Marlins at 22, and the Rays at 27, and the Orioles at 28. The Tigers NIL, it has to be smart, it has to be directed, and it's got to pay off. They can't swing and miss, and you're right. They they went out there and fanned the countryside and making it work. That's an interesting comparison. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, you see a lot of They can't miss. Teams. The Yankees can yeah. miss. Well, the Yankees missed bad and aren't no, in the, no. any playoffs. Right. I mean, you still have the, you know, the Dodgers with the big dollars, but you're right. I mean, you think about baseball. That's better year, comparison, Red Sox, Dodgers. Red Sox didn't get in. The Yankees didn't get in. A lot of the big payrolls uh, didn't make it. That's not always the case. I mean, you want money. If you can look, Memphis would love to have more money than anybody else to be able to sure. beat up for NIL. But th- that's just not the case. So they have a limited amount, a limited budget, and they were able to disperse it the way they needed to to keep players happy and to bring in other players. So again, I go back to this coaching set. It is not easy. It's not just going out and recruiting your tails off, which coaches have done for years and years and years. Now it's going out there recruiting your tails off and having to be an accountant or some sort of money person to figure out what you can and cannot. Obviously, it doesn't come directly from the school, but you know my point through the collective Mm -hmm. of what they're able to divvy up for these athletes. It's a whole different world. 
Greg, uh, uh, obviously basketball team started uh, started practice last week. We we got some of your early thoughts from kind of that uh, first look at the team. But but looking at these these uh, freshmen, you you've got a handful of freshmen that are coming in, and then you look at all of these transfers that have come in. And obviously, we talk about this every single year. It seems like, but playing time and and how you kind of uh, distribute that is is going to be a difficult task for uh, for Coach Hardaway. But when you look at these freshmen after seeing what they did um, in that uh, the down in the Dominican Republic, and what you saw uh, that kind of first glimpse of practice. Who who are some of the freshmen that you think could surpri- surprise some people uh, this year and really fight for some playing time? I like this class a lot. I had Carl Sharonfon on the oh, show yeah. today, and I think this kid is really, really talented. Mm-hmm. I hope he gets some minutes. He's a physical kid. Usually you get the high school kids coming in. They're skinny. They're real thin. you got to put meat on them. First of all, he was talking about how he loves the barbecue here in Memphis. And <laughs> and I'm not talking about a guy who's pudgy. I'm talking about a guy who's just thick. Yeah. And I love those type of guards. He's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but he's physical. Guys are going to bounce off him. He is not going to have any problems as far as his physicality is concerned. Plus, he's gotten a lot better as a outside shooter. He says he's really working on that three-point shot. I like him. Ashton Hardaway, I've heard, has been lighting it up in practice. Now, practice is one thing. Getting into actual games and doing it is another thing, but he comes in highly regarded from Sierra Canyon where he played with Bronny James and is known for that three-point shot. And then you have J.J. Taylor, of course, his connection, correlation with Mikey Williams, very solid player, more than just a throw-in as people looked at. Oh, that's a, mm-hmm. a packed steal. He can actually play and has good size as well. I just don't know how minutes are going to be divvied up at this point. I only got a chance to watch him the one time. This is an incredibly talented team. If everybody's healthy going forward, and this is even without DeAndre Williams, if he doesn't get, uh, and I know he was denied the first appeal and they're trying again, but even if he doesn't get that appeal and become a part of this year's team, this is about as talented a team as, I can, as I've seen because you have, you have five, six guys at the top yeah. on any given night that can lead the team in scoring. This is not last year when it was Kendrick Davis, DeAndre Williams, and then everybody else. This is a team that has a lot of guys. And your original question, right? It's it's a good problem to have, mm-hmm. but it could be a problem if guys aren't all bought in. Right. right now, they're all bought in. They want to win a championship. Memphis is a team that could certainly make some noise. But if all of a sudden a guy doesn't get his shots, I need mine, and causes a stir, that could be an issue. Let's hope that it doesn't go down that path and everybody's bought in and on the same page. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I really like this class and this team. The way it's built, I think, could be a a very special team for Penny Hardaway. But Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy the the Phillies tonight. Best wishes, and, Greg. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do it again next week. Thanks, guys. Yeah, back to Thursday next week. Appreciate you being accommodating for me. Thanks, Greg. You, you got it. Thank you, Greg. Greg Gaston joining us usually on Thursdays, but joining us on a Tuesday this week to talk Tigers. You can hear him every morning with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. But let's go ahead and get to a break. And when we come back, we've got now two baseball games going on. Brett, it should have been, it should have lined up where we only have one going on right now, but we got two going on right now. We'll talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball playoffs. We'll do that on the other side. That's next on Sports Time. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. 
Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Lexus of Memphis. Here are your hosts, Brett Statz-Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios, and we got to talk about these baseball playoffs. We've got two games going on right now. Brett, you texted me earlier at 11 and said we should have baseball on right now, starting right now. Finally got it. Um, but we finally got it, and now we have two games going on. Right now, uh, the Rangers up 4 nothing over Tampa Bay in the bottom of the sixth inning. Tampa Bay, I, I don't know what's going on with them. A lot of errors this game leading to runs for Texas. There's been multiple times where, where Texas has had guys in scoring positions and haven't brought them in, so this this base could have been uh, I mean, base runners everywhere, and it's, it's been a lot of errors. I saw in the last inning, uh, Jose Siri just kind of olayed a ball and, and kicked it up in the air in center field. And and over through the third baseman, it gets into the dugout to to score a run. So um, it's been a sloppy game for Tampa Bay, and now this Toronto uh, Minnesota game just now getting underway. We're in the bottom of the first um, uh, zero zero in that one. So I think two very interesting games. But I am kind of surprised um, not only that Texas is up, uh, but that they're up four nothing early in Tampa Bay. Now, we know, obviously, probably not a great crowd. That bridge, I mean, good Lord, trying to get across that bridge oh, yeah. I mean, in the middle no. of the day. Oh, Impossible. man, please. There's no way you could do that. I saw tickets available in Minnesota starting at $9. Really? Yikes. Nine bucks. I don't that's know where you're sitting for nine bucks, but that's a pretty good deal. I mean, that's a great deal. Um, I, I don't think uh, for you For playoff be, baseball. I, I think you probably shouldn't be playing uh, in the playoffs and have – Seats available for nine dollars, but um, you know, hey, that's great if they can fill them up. But I don't know. Twenty bucks for the for the Rays games. Jordan okay. Montgomery, he, he he's he's rolling, uh, and he, we we know he can he can do that. Since yeah. acquired by Texas, I think he's got the lowest ERA. I know in the he's American really League, good. maybe in baseball, he, he's been really good since being acquired for for uh, for Tampa Bay and uh, or excuse me for Texas. And, and we made jokes earlier this season about him being the. Uh, the best starting pitcher for for the Cardinals at times this year. He, he so got going about May one and 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 really made himself attractive to be dealt. We we got to pick the night games. We picked oh, we do. both of these these series yesterday. We both picked Tampa Bay. We both picked Toronto yesterday. In the National League wild card starting at six oh eight tonight, game one in Milwaukee. I'm going to take Milwaukee. Uh, I am going to go uh, on the other side. I'm going to take the Diamondbacks in this one. I think, uh, you know, we hear it a lot in, in, in basketball in the NBA where I remember last year it was the, the Grizzlies, or I guess two years ago it was the Grizzlies. Uh, a lot of people think it could be Oklahoma City this coming up year where they're just so young that they do not care who they're going up mm-hmm. against. They don't care that they're in the playoffs. They're just going to play ball. And so I, I think that's what we're going to see tonight. Now, the starting pitching for the Diamondbacks does uh, does kind of worry me a little bit, but you know, I think they can get past the Brewers. I think the Brewers and the Twins kind of in the same boat where I haven't been surprised or I haven't been impressed at all with the Twins this year because they're just in a terrible division. And so the reason they're in the playoffs right now is because they're in a division that was so bad. I think maybe the same thing for the Brewers. So I'll go with the D backs and this young fun team. Maybe they can get something going and, and steal one. Do you spell fun P F U N like Brandon? Fat spells P F A A D T. You know what? Since he's starting tonight, absolutely a P F on fun. It, it, almost every one of those, like Jen Saki, the uh-huh. P silent, the the basketball yes. coach Randy Fun uh-huh. P Fun, and Brandon P Fat, but it's yep. pronounced Fat, right hander from Bellarmine. 
Is he from Bellarmine? Wow, yes, he, I didn't even know yes, that. Yes, he is. He's been a little shaky I, this year, but hey, we'll see what he can do tonight. Uh, shocking! He's starting a uh, yeah. a big league game, much less a post league three and nine this year game. with a five point seven two ERA. Please, ugh. Greg Gaston's Phillies tonight, and he'll be rocking there in at Citizens Bank Park. They're they're playing host to the Marlins. Who do you have? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Phillies on this one. I just uh, you know this this starting rotation. I think Lazardo gives them a good look tonight. After tonight, you got Braxton Garrett. Don't really know, but if they get to a third game, who do they go to? Their top two pitchers right now are both out for the playoffs, so their their starting rotation is very thin. So I'm gonna have to go with the Phillies. They they've been in this situation before. They know what they have to do to make it all the way to the World Series with this group of guys. So I'll go with the Phillies. I'm going to take the Marlins at upset. Love Skip Schumacher, like one of my favorite Redbirds, Memphis Redbirds ever. I'm going to go with the Marlins with upset. They better win it tonight if they're going to pull the upset. Yeah, they need a win tonight, and I think uh, I think Lazardo gives did, gives the Marlins a good look. Did you notice all these over unders? I think all four games are seven and a half today, really? and that shows the homogenization of baseball with the DH, uh, you know, across baseball because used to the. National League over and unders would be a lot less than uh-huh. the American League. I don't know if I'm getting it exactly right, but I remember in 86, Astros-Mets, NLCS, I think it was Mike Scott against Doc Gooden. Over and under was four and a half. <laughs> Before the game started. Yeah, that's and, and, oh, oh, yeah. Now, that's when lines were just for news information only. Right, you know, right, right, we, right, We were just putting right. it out there. Yes, yes. Nobody was actually betting on that. I think that game, game fell 3-2 in, in the, in the over, oh, over here. I, I swear. Wow, wow. I had to go to baseball ref to double check. What a, what a bad beat. <laughs> but that's crazy. Well, for news information only, uh-huh. okay, I did correct, not. Correct, correct. Uh, thank you for saving me on that one. But that's all the thank time you. we have in this hour. Let's go ahead and get to a break when we come back. To start our next hour, we're going to talk some college football with Brent Beard. 